Our scripture passage tonight is Hebrews chapter 2 through 4. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1863. Hebrews chapter 2 through chapter 4. We're going to read it in its entirety, but when we look at the Belgic Confession, we'll just uh, focus on particular points of this, of this passage. So here now the reading of God's holy word. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that do we, we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels, you crowned him with glory and honor, and you put everything under his feet. In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I in the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in the humanity. So that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called a day, 
so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful. Let none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we have believed, now who have, we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared an oath in, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore God again set a certain day calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest, who also rests from his own work, just as God did from his, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we, trust, we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As far as the reading of God's holy word, may he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. We're also looking at Belgic Confession, Article 26, can be found in the back of your green salt hymnals on page... Eighty-one, thank you. Oh, it says it on the bulletin. I'm so prepared tonight. There we read, we believe in our hearts and conf- or we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that we have no access unto God but alone through the only mediator and advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Who therefore became man, having united in one person the divine and human natures, that we men might have access to the divine majesty, which access would otherwise be be barred against us. But this mediator, whom the Father has appointed before him and us, between him and us, ought in no wise to affright us by his majesty, or cause us to seek another according to our fancy. For there is no creature either in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. 
but though existing in the form of God, yet emptied himself, being made in the likeness of men and of a servant for us. And in all things was made like unto us his brethren. If then we should seek for another mediator who would be favorably inclined toward us, whom could we find who loved us more than he who laid down his life for us, even while we are his enemies? And if we seek for one who has power and majesty, who is there, who is there that has so much of both as he who sits at the right hand of God, and to whom hath been given all authority in heaven and on earth? And who will sooner be heard than the own well-beloved Son of God? Therefore, it was only through distrust that this practice of dishonoring instead of honoring the saints was introduced, doing that which they never have done nor required, but have, on the contrary, steadfastly rejected according to their bounden duty, as appears by their writings. Neither must we plead here our unworthiness, for the meaning is not that we should offer our prayers to God on the ground of our own worthiness, but only on the ground of the excellency and worthiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose righteousness is become ours by faith. Therefore the apostle, to remove this foolish fear, or rather distrust from us, rightly says that Jesus Christ in all things was made like unto his brethren, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And further to encourage us to go to him, he says, having then a great high priest who hath passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one that hath been in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with boldness unto the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help us in the time of need. The same apostle says, Having boldness to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and fullness of faith, etc. Likewise, Christ hath his priesthood unchangeable, wherefore also he is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto God through him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What more can be required, since Christ himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one cometh unto the Father but by me. To what purpose should we then seek another advocate, since it has pleased God to give us his own son as an advocate? Let us not forsake him to take another, or rather, to seek after another, without ever being able to find him. For God well knew when he gave him to us that we were sinners. Therefore, according to the command of Christ, we call upon the Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus, our only mediator, as we are taught in the Lord's Prayer, being assured that whatever we ask of the Father in his name will be granted to us. That's the teaching of the confession. The concept, mediator, a go-between, is what is being discussed not only in the book of Hebrews, but also in our uh, article of the Belgic Confession tonight. Um, most, most of us understand what a mediator is, but I thought it might be helpful if I um, did a little illustration. So, not too long ago, this is what all headphones look like. They had this little um, jack on the end of it, and you'd plug it into whatever device you had. And they seem to work fine. Now, most things are wireless now. You use Bluetooth. But for those of us who don't have really cool, sleek, wireless headphones, 
we, uh, we got the new iPhones, and they had these uh, lightning connectors. And they got rid of the connector for the headphone. Now, besides the fact that everyone was like, oh, there goes Apple just trying to make some money by making you get Apple iPods or, or having to have something else besides your old headphones that you used to use all the time. Now you got to buy something new from them because they're totally like that. If you wanted to use these old classic traditional headphones, you had to get what they call an adapter. And this adapter, you could then plug your old boring headphones into. That way you could take your iPhone's new lightning connector and plug it in like that. So in this situation, we're the headphones. We're disconnected from God. Uh, sin has altered us, changed us. We were all meant to be lightning rod connectors. That's what we started off as, but sin corrupted us and we, we changed. And so Christ came. So that we could be reconnected to the Father through Him. That's what a mediator is. He's like us in every way except without sin. He is the go-between, the adapter, the mediator. Our theme tonight is... Pretty straightforward. We have access. Does access have two C's and two S's? Yes. That looks so weird when you write it, though. To God through Christ alone. We have access to God through Christ alone. We have four points tonight. The one and only, that's the first point, loving and welcoming. That's the second point. Third point is we approach. And the fourth point is prayer. So let's start with this first point, the one and only. Now a lot of people will tell you that the theme statement of the book of Hebrews is that Christ is greater. Um, the book of Hebrews is written to a number of Jewish Christians who were thinking about going back to their Jewish ways. They were thinking to my, themselves, maybe if I just 
believe in Jesus, but I go to the synagogue, you know, and just act like all the other Jews. Like, in my heart, I'm a believer in Jesus, but outwardly, you know, it's going to look like I'm a normal Jew because being a Christian right now, being a follower of the way, being a follower of the Nazarene, that is getting me into some trouble. And so I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a Jewish secret Christian, okay? And so the book of Hebrews is written to basically say Christ is greater than the angels. Christ is greater than Moses. Christ is the great high priest. Christ is greater, greater, greater. And I've, as I thought about that, I thought to myself, um, the argument isn't necessarily stopping at Christ is greater. It's really saying Christ is the one and only. Because the author of the book of Hebrews is not saying, hey, if you go back to the synagogue, you're going to trade the greatest mediator, Jesus, for a not-so-great mediator, Moses. See what I'm saying? The, the author of the book of Hebrews is saying, if you leave the mediator, Jesus Christ, you have no mediator. Moses was, Moses was only pointing to the coming of Christ, who is the mediator. He was not himself the mediator. And so we read in Hebrews that Jesus was made like his brothers. He's greater than the angels, right? But Hebrews chapter 2, the point that it's making is, since the children have flesh and blood, he too is shared in their humanity. So he is human, like us. That is something that qualifies him as the go-between, as the mediator, as that he's one of us. Okay? He too shared in the humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And so what the author of the book of Hebrews is saying here is, surely it's not angels he helps. He's greater than the angels. No, it's Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So he had to be human so that he could make atonement for the sins of the people. But he also suffered as a man so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest. Article 26 in the Belgic Confession of Faith begins with this assertion that Christ is the one and only mediator. Article 26 is not saying Christ is the greatest mediator, but there are some other lesser ones. It's saying there's only one mediator, and that's Jesus Christ. We believe that we have no access unto God but alone through the only mediator and advocate, 
Jesus Christ the righteous, who therefore became man, shared in humanity, having united in one person the divine and human natures, that we men might have access to the divine majesty, which access would otherwise be barred against us. So, the point of number one is that Christ is not the greater mediator. Christ is the only. He's the only one who fits that category of both divine and human, which makes him the only mediator that we have between God and man. Moving on then to the second point. Loving and welcoming. The question we have to ask ourselves then is if Christ Jesus is the mediator, what kind of mediator is he? What kind? Hebrews communicates to us that he is like us. Shared in our humanity. Like his brothers in every way. Merciful. Faithful. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he understands us when we are tempted. Right? Therefore, in, in, uh, in chapter 3, it talks about how Jesus is greater than Moses. And it warns about unbelief. And finally, it closes in, in chapter 4 with these words about the kind of mediator that Jesus is to us, right? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, if we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, he sympathizes. He sympathizes with us. We have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. So he's like us in every way except sin. And that's important because if he was like us in every way, including sin, then what comfort could he provide for us? He's in our same condition. He's in the same place that we are, beholden to sin and enslaved to sin. What comfort could he be for us? If he was like us in every way and he had sinned, then how could he be an atoning sacrifice for us? That means we could be the sacrifice. If somebody who is a sinner could be the sacrifice, but he's not. He's without Sin. So he's like us in every way except this, which means he relates to us in every way, but he is our hope. He is the one who was tempted but did not sin. Article 26 continues to tell us about this mediator. This mediator whom the Father has appointed between him and us ought in no wise to affright us 
by his majesty or cause us to seek another according to our fancy. For there is no creature either in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. I mean, read those words. Article 26 of the Belgian Confession, Guido de Brie says something profound, so profound that if you really take it to heart, if you really ponder it, if you really think about it, you have to ask yourself, do I see Jesus that way? That there is no creature either in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. He's a loving and welcoming mediator. Here in Article 26, there is a polemic against the idea of intercession by the saints. Article 25 that we just talked about last week, the abolishing of the ceremonial law. Maybe many of you asked, why is it that that is being discussed here, right here after uh, the discussion of justification and sanctification? Why is that article just sort of put in there? Well, it's because many of the ceremonial elements of the law that were in the Old Testament were being used in the Roman Catholic Church. The idea of sacrifice, the idea of priesthood, the idea, think about it, it's all there. The, the robes and the garments and, and all of those trappings were part of the Old Testament ceremonial law. And Guido de Brie is making a polemic argument. He's saying those things have been fulfilled in Christ. We don't have to do them anymore. And here also in this discussion of Christ's intercession, there's this conversation about the Roman Catholic practices at the time, intercession of of the saints. And Guido de Brie is arguing that there should be no such thing. Because in the time when this confession was written, the idea of Christ as mediator was that he was unapproachable. Now, um, many people believe that you should not um, paint pictures or draw pictures of Jesus. Nonetheless, those things have been done. And if you look at paintings of Christ at the time that Guido de Brie is writing the Belgic Confession, they're ominous. And Christ does not look loving or welcoming. He looks wrathful, judgmental, condemnatory. Angry even. And that's their, that was the perception of Christ at this time. And so how do, you, how do you work through that? How do you work through that situation? Well, he's saying at that time, this idea of Christ being the mediator shouldn't be something that frightens us or causes us to seek another according to our fancy. But we're supposed to understand that Christ is a loving and welcoming mediator who, though existing in the form of God, yet emptied himself, being made in the likeness of men and of a servant for us in all things, was made like unto us his brethren, so that he, um, he is humble and he is approachable. Right? If then we should seek for another mediator who would be favorably inclined towards us, whom could we find who loved us more than he who laid down his life for us? You look for any other mediator, you're not going to find one who sacrificed his life, who died for us. 
He laid down his life for us even while we were his enemies. And if we seek for one who has power and majesty, who is there that has, no, that has so much of both as he who sits at the right hand of God and to whom hath been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and who will sooner be heard than the own well-beloved Son of God? And Christ is not only these things, but he is powerful. It is those combination of characteristics, the almightiness and the humility. The like us, but the not like us. The humanity and the divinity that makes Christ a loving and welcoming and powerful mediator. How do we approach? We approach through Christ alone. Therefore, it was only through distrust that this practice of dishonoring instead of honoring the saints was introduced, doing that which they never have done nor required, but have on the contrary steadfastly rejected according to their bounden duty as appears by their writings. So, um, praying to the saints. Common practice still today. And they make distinctions in prayers. They say praying to the saints in heaven is like um, uh, asking your mother or your sister to pray for you. Um, Just because they're no longer here living with us uh, doesn't make it any different because we believe life continues on uh, in the future. And they came up with this because they had that dark, ominous view of Jesus. And so what they're thinking is, well, maybe if I, if I pray to Mary, then Mary will talk to her son for me. And Mary will bring those prayers that I had to, to give to her to Jesus for me. So then Mary takes on this position in the Roman Catholic Church as a co-mediatrix. She's a mediator alongside Jesus. And they will make, a, uh, they will make uh, a contrast. They'll say Mary is, is, is not on the same level as Jesus, but in practice and in prayers and in and, and what comes out, you, it's hard to tell the difference. Because you've elevated these people. And the Belgian Confession is saying, this is a dishonoring of the saints. And these saints that have come before us, they did not require this. None of them practiced it. And in fact, they rejected it according to their bounded duty, as appears by their writings. And what he says, as appears by their writings, is the writings of, of the saints that came before, the Christian writings of the of the fathers, the early church fathers, the Christian writings of other Roman Catholics that came before. And you can go all the way back to the writings of Paul and Peter, who are saints. Neither must we plead here our unworthiness, for the meaning is not that we should offer our prayers to God on the ground of our own worthiness, but only 
on the ground, um, but only on the ground of the excellency and worthiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose righteousness is become ours by faith. We are, of course, unworthy. So the argument is not we should be able to go directly to Jesus because we are worthy. No, the argument is we go directly to Jesus because, through Jesus because he's worthy. We go directly through Jesus to God because he's worthy, not because we are worthy. And we don't need any intermediate saints to be our mediator between us and the mediator, Jesus Christ. I mean, imagine what that illustration would look like with this. We need like five more of these things. Have you ever done that too, where you've got like a, you have like a, you have like a three-prong plug-in and you have to put a a two a two prong extend uh, you know adapter onto it and then you got to put it into something else. That's what the view of the Roman Catholics is, and and the the reality is that that that's unnecessary. Because when you say that these saints, you can pray to these saints, and and when you say that Mary is a co-mediatrix, what you're saying is that Jesus is insufficient. is that his mediation, his intercession, is incomplete. It's lacking something. That these saints have to fill up what is lacking in the work of Jesus Christ, which is perfect. And so then, the Belgian Confession goes into all the reasons why we believe that we approach the throne of God through Christ alone. Therefore, the apostle, to remove this foolish fear, or rather distrust from us, rightly says that Jesus Christ, in all things that was made like unto his brethren, that we might become a merc- he might become a merciful and faithful high priest, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he's able to succor them that are tempted, comfort them. And further, to encourage us to go to him, he says, Having then a great high priest who hath passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one that hath been in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with boldness under the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help us in time of need. The same apostle says, having boldness to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and fullness of, crate, of fullness of faith. Likewise, Christ hath his priesthood unchangeable, wherefore also is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto God through him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. An unchangeable priesthood. An eternal priesthood. And this makes him say, be able to save to the uttermost those who draw near through him to the very end, to the telos, to the completion. What more can be required since Christ himself says, I am the way 
and the truth and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. To what purpose should we then seek another advocate, since it has pleased God to give us his own son as an advocate? Let us not forsake him to take another, or rather to seek after another without ever being able to find him, for God well knew when he gave him to us that we were sinners. So what is Guido de Bria's conclusion? Um, Christ is the sufficient and perfect mediator. But he ends with one final note. An application of this perfect mediation and intercession of Jesus Christ, our high priest, and the one and only mediator between God and man, is how should we connect this to our Christian lives? How should we connect this to our Christian living? The end of Hebrews 4 says, Since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us then approach the throne of grace. You see that since then, let us, is those connections that tell us what's the application of this. Approaching the throne of grace is prayer. And we're called to do it with confidence. We're called because Christ is a great high priest that we're to hold firmly our faith. Article 26 ends by saying, Therefore, according to the command of Christ, we call upon the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, our only mediator, as we are taught in the Lord's Prayer, being assured, assured, that whatever we ask of the Father in His name will be granted to us. The confidence in our prayers is not the fervency by which we pray or the conviction by which we pray. The confidence in our prayers is not how much did we sin before we came to start praying to God. The confidence in our prayers is not that there are a bunch of saints before the throne of God that we can talk to and ask them to intercede on our behalf. The confidence in our prayers is none of those things. The confidence in our prayers is that Jesus Christ is a perfect mediator. And that when we pray to God through Jesus in the power and operation of the Holy Spirit, he hears it not because of our worthiness, but because of Christ's. Christ intercedes for us with the Father. Means that we should have confidence and assurance when we come to the throne room of grace. For we surely knew what kind of mediator we needed since he knew that we were sinners. And that mediator is Jesus. The go-between. The adapter that has connected us once again 
with our Heavenly Father, the one who's like us in every way except without sin, the one who's merciful and faithful, the one who understands what we go through because he has been tempted in every way, the one who sympathizes with us and our weaknesses. We need no other. And there is no other. We have access to God through Christ alone. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for our mediator, Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would know that there is no creature either in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ who humbled himself to death on the cross, yet who is so powerful that he sits at your right hand and has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. May we know Jesus not as someone who is to be afraid of, fearful of, but who has been made like us in every way, who is not ashamed to call us Brothers, who is a merciful and faithful high priest, who laid his life down for us and made atonement for our sins, who has been tempted and is able to comfort those who have been tempted. We pray, Lord, that we would know Jesus Christ, our mediator, as one who has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities and been tempted as we are but was without sin. And may we know, Lord, this dear Savior so that we would come to the throne of grace with confidence, that we may receive mercy and find grace for our help in times of need, that we may have Boldness to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus and draw near with the true heart and fullness of faith. That we may trust in Christ our Savior who is an unchanging high priest that can save us to the uttermost since he lives always to make intercession for us. May we see this Savior, this great mediator, as one who was given to us by you, as the one and only. We need no other, and there is no other. In Christ's name we pray, amen.